Hola, I'm Adela Yelton, and thank you for joining us at Latina South. Latina South welcomes friendly conversations with Latinas and friends who live, work, and play throughout the South and Southeast. Let's hear about what Latinas are creating and how they're making good things happen for their families, businesses, and communities. We'll enjoy some savory bits of wisdom while we share about what it takes to thrive in life while holding on to the best of what makes us Latinas in the South. Welcome. Even in this past year that I've had the opportunity to just breathe for a minute. Again, as a Latina, family has always been everything to me. And it just made me realize again that I needed to focus on my family and I wanted to spend more time with them. And it was okay. It was okay. Today, we welcome Jennifer Hutchison, founder of the bilingual blog, Mommy to Mommy. As a pioneer in the early days of blogging, she helped to create a platform for Latina moms to connect and be heard. Let's listen as Jennifer opens up about her son's autism and how a Christmas tree helped each of them open their eyes to a different way of seeing the world. She also talks about living as a Latina in the South, the importance of family, and how it's okay to take a pause when you need to. Hola, Jennifer. Welcome to Latina South. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Tell me more about your Latina identity and background. Actually, I was born in New York. Um, My parents are Peruvian, which of course makes me Peruvian. Um, But when I was growing up in New York, um, it was a very, you know, very different time. I think a lot of your listeners will understand that um, it was more of trying to be more like the community that we were living in as opposed to the Latina identity that um, we had. I didn't really start identifying as a Latina until I was maybe in my 20s. In my home, we were able to have our celebrations, um, speak in Spanish, but I understood more than I could speak as I was really more encouraged to speak in English, um, kind of just assimilate um, and just really be a part of, of the community that we were we were living in. Now, did you feel pressure to assimilate or did you did it just happen organically? How did that happen for you? That's a great question. Actually, it was, I think it was more organically. Um, We never really felt pressure from our parents. I think it was probably were some pressures, but as a child, I probably didn't recognize them. And as an adult, I don't recall them, but it was just more natural. This is what everybody else was doing. This is kind of what we're doing. I did notice some differences, of course, when my mom would pack a Peruvian lunch, (laughs) Um, when Halloween would come. um, I remember my older sisters, who actually were both born in Peru, um, they they had pictures of them for Halloween in the kind of a traditional Peruvian uh, costume. So there were moments where we kind of went, this is different. Nobody really pointed anything out. Um, Again, we grew up in the suburbs of New York, just a a different time, I think. And so you grew up in New York. And what brought you to the South? My dad lives in Georgia. And unfortunately, um, I was living in New York when 9-11 happened. Mm -hmm. And like many New Yorkers, I had a very difficult time. I I think about maybe 10 days after 9-11, I think I just packed up everything in my apartment, threw it in my car, and just didn't even realize what I was doing and just started driving south. Mm. And yeah. went to yeah, and went to go live with my father and just kind of start all over again. When I got to Georgia, I was definitely a fish out of water. 
Um, I didn't feel like I belonged there. I was missing home as well. Was it the the culture shift or their culture shock? Did you experience that? I had a one-year experience when I was younger living with my father in Georgia before I moved there. And even then, I was a, a junior in high school, and I had culture shock there. Really, the Latino kids stayed with the Latino kids. Everybody was kind of grouped like by race, whether it was intentional or unintentional. I think everybody everybody's kind of familiar that in New York, you know, it's a melting pot. Everybody, you know, different races, different religions. Um, right. Georgia, in the part that I lived in, was not quite like that. It was quite the opposite. So it was it was a very hard adjustment, and especially back then. And, and by the way, I'm not going to announce any dates. <laughs> to <eight. laughs> Uh, But people can probably estimate our ages or at least what generation we're from. Mm -hmm. But back then, it it was still on the verge of change. And and we're still on the verge of change and changing in a lot of ways in the South and Georgia and North Carolina and some Southern states. And, And then how did you find yourself now in North Carolina? When I was in Georgia, uh, as I was becoming a little bit weary of being away from New York, I happened to meet my husband in Georgia. <laughs> Love. <laughs> Love, right. Love will get you every time. His family and, and himself, very Southern, born and raised in Atlanta and uh, not Latino. So yeah. it was it was interesting, but he really opened my eyes to the beauty of Georgia and Atlanta. And so we actually got married. I convinced him to move to New York because I was homesick. And then from New York, we wound up in North Carolina, where I have my sister and her family that live here. And I'm sure many Latinas can relate. Um, So everything is wonderful. There are moments where I do feel like the outsider. There Mm -hmm. are still, especially in the town that I live in, there aren't very many Latinos. Now, again, my my husband is not Latino, so my children tend to be more fair-skinned. They People see me and my two boys next to each other, and they make assumptions. Um, when we were living in Georgia, you know, I think we discussed this before, I was approached by um, some women that thought I was the nanny, <laughs> that just, you know, were, I, you uh, know, I, I, I am forever yeah. getting the... The oh, you speak very well for, and then mm-hmm. you Fill kind of just right. right, right, and you just kind of look at them, and and it's and it's very difficult. In about the time that I met my husband, and then when my son was two years old, he finally started to see what I was talking about. He started to witness um, these just really, I mean, in your face discriminatory actions and comments, and I think it was. It was it was just as hard for him to have to just kind of stand there and realize that this is where I grew up and how like he just never saw it he he just never saw it and his eyes opened and when we moved to North Carolina I think he became even more aware than I was because he would say to me oh did you hear how that person said that to you and I'm like no <laughs> so it was. It was something that turned on in him that I think he can't shut off now, which is great because I don't need him to shut that off. <laughs> right, right. He's he's uh, yeah, he's woke now. <laughs> <laughs> right to use that. It's, term. it's hard to go back from that once you realize very true what's what's happening. That something that you might have been not 
fully aware of. Unfortunately, it's maybe one or two people have said something to me that was very racist or very discriminatory. Hmm. And it, it can be it can be very difficult um, hearing those things, and especially when my children are around. Can you give an example? Sure. Um, I decided to venture out into Charlotte, and it's interesting because I don't think I expected it in Charlotte as well. Um, I went out on a nice day with my two boys and a gentleman who obviously was not Latino uh, came walking down the same sidewalk, but in the opposite direction. He made a very lewd and very racist comment towards me and tried to move in. And my, my son was nine or 10 at the time. And I had my baby in the stroller. And I kind of froze and kind of just got very emotional. Hmm. And my son was standing next to me. And I, I'm sorry, I know that he heard part of that. And again, it was very, very lewd, very nasty. Mm -hmm. And to have to explain to my son what that was all about and for him to hold my hand and say, mom, let's find a police officer mm. was terrifying. The man started coming back up the way we were walking. And so he turned around and started walking towards us. And we kind of just started double timing up the street and found a group of people that were taking pictures. And we just kind of said, can we, can we just stand here with you until this gentleman walks by? We're fearful of something happening. And they said, absolutely. So they stood with us. And then we went to find a police officer and we let them know what had happened. And, and they said they would be on the lookout and asked us if we needed any, you know, further assistance. And uh, we, they kind of just led us back to our car in the parking lot. And um, that was, I mean, that was it. But my son and I had a very, very tough conversation. And I know at times he doesn't, he doesn't recognize that he is Latino. Mm -hmm. um, and that's also my job. I have been, I think all parents are tough on themselves, but I feel like part of me is failing him in that area. It's not that easy. And, uh, and I know that um, you have a lot of pride in being Latina and having uh, Latino roots. And I, I hear you on that. It definitely is a challenge, but you know what? It does open my eyes to what my parents were in some sense dealing with. Because you're in an area where, again, you're, there are, it's not predominantly Latino, and you lose a part of yourself. You lose that part of yourself. And mm. what do you do? Do you just go along with the community? Do you? And, and I, think, I think there's more opportunity now to really be ourselves and to really embrace our culture and our background in our family's past, but it still is very challenging. It is challenging. And uh, that's awful that you had to go through that confrontation. Uh, and, and I'm glad that you found a group to walk with uh, to help you. Times are changing and that, you know, we can feel more empowered now and more open to embracing our culture and, and leading with that in a lot of ways. But it hasn't always been like that. And I appreciate you 
giving, you know, sharing your personal experience. You, you talk about your son and uh, your family. And I know that your son has uh, some special needs. What, what does that mean for you and your family? My older son, Sean, is 11 years old, and my youngest, AJ, is four years old. And we received a diagnosis for him two years ago of autism. And it has definitely turned our lives upside down, and not necessarily in a bad way. Um, and I know that's kind of hard for people to wrap their minds around that if they don't have a child or they don't have a loved one um, that has autism. It opened up my mind, and I think it opened up our family to, how do I explain, to really just being more open to thinking outside of what people typically perceive as the norm. It is definitely very different how our son thinks, how he acts. It's letting us see things in a different way and just finding the right tools and the right therapies and just still giving him as much love as we possibly can. It is very eye-opening. And again, it's kind of that moment where when we were talking about my husband being woke <laughs> in that sense about about our, our race, it it's really been a woke moment for my family and loved ones and friends um, in terms of special needs. Once, once your eyes are open to it, you can't close them. When my son sees, let's say, for example, trick-or-treating or Christmas, it's not always necessarily understanding what those holidays are, but he may find just the beauty in the pumpkin and that's it. And that's all trick-or-treating may be to him. Or the Christmas tree may just be the only thing that he sees, but he embraces it and he loves it. And we make a big deal yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because again, he's a child and he, you know, he's, he's seeing so many different things in a different way. So Oh, and and I um, I'm visualizing that pumpkin. Uh, you mentioned uh, having your eyes opened and seeing things uh, in a different way. What does that mean for you? Like right now, celebrating people with neurological differences. But what are some challenges? And I'm not sure if I'm saying the right thing, by the way. Sure, so please no. forgive me if I'm not saying it correctly. But I, I want to know more about that. Right, and of course, first of all, I, I just want to say. Thank you for acknowledging whether or not you're saying things correctly. I just feel like we're, we, we, as long as it's always with good intention, I think that it's always okay. <laughs> it's okay. Um, even I get it wrong, I think, 50% of the time. <laughs> um, and I'm still learning. I'm still learning. But um, some of the things that really, that I noticed that with our son first, um, he went from being verbal to nonverbal. So we call that regressing. He regressed a little bit when he was two. He had some basic words, then he lost those words. So he was nonverbal for maybe four months. And then when we kind of were working with him, he started to have words, but they, they say that if it's not functional language, in other words, if he can't answer who or why or you ask him his name and he can't tell you, then he's still considered nonverbals from my understanding. So once he even regained some words, he would repeat them a lot and they would call that echolalia. He would hear something and he would repeat it. So the first time that for Christmas, you know, he said tree, it was kind of like, oh my goodness, like he, he's connecting, he's connecting. Wow. Um, 
but it wasn't, you know, like, hey, we're going to go downstairs and open the presents. He didn't understand that concept. But he understood mom and dad are excited because we all made a big deal. <laughs> we were like, yeah. come on. <laughs> like, we're just going to go downstairs. And there's just, and we just made it a point to say, the tree, the tree, because that was his focus. And that was like his eyes just lit up. My husband had, you know, just done so many things with the lights and it had all these just like amazing things. And he was just like, the tree was his jam. <laughs> that was, he found his jam. Right, yeah. right. And it was like, <laughs> Listen, so we had not only our tree, but we had my other son's tree. We dec- we let him decorate that. And then we let our son decorate his own tree. And, you know, these little ones, of course. And, you know, again, I just thought if I do that, maybe he'll just be happy. And I just want him to be happy. Yeah. And I come from a family of educators. My sister, as I mentioned, is a teacher. My mom was a teacher. And so there's they've they've kind of always given me these great wonderful tips and suggestions and it's just saying you know really just get down on your hands and knees and be on their level and yeah engage with them in their in their likes and the things that they enjoy and find that common ground and that tree yeah. was that common ground <laughs> and his words started coming like Santa. And I was like, what is happening? Um, so it definitely, again, it, it just opened my eyes to realize that to us, we see Christmas, a tree is just a part of Christmas. But to this little boy, a tree was everything. I mean, mom to mom, that's what we want for our kids. I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I would have filled the whole house with trees. And that's, that's, that's to make everything a tree. I'll dress up as a tree. Anything tree related. I was right. right. That's what it takes. And, uh, oh, those right. are special moments. Right. Oh, Jennifer, thanks yeah. for sharing that. Of course. And, uh, and, and you mentioned you, you come from a family of educators. So what is your support network for going through the yeah, challenges? So for me, there's always been these two avenues of support. My family has always been. My, my parents, my brother, my sisters, uh, my husband, even my kids. I mean, this has just always been like, it's always a group effort. You know, in a Latino family, it's oh, always yeah. a group effort. I don't care if they live, you know, back in Peru. I mean, I'm connected with my cousins, my aunts, my uncles. And it's amazing, especially with social media or through, you know, WhatsApp or Zoom or anything like that. So I feel like I had my family, even my extended family that I could go to. And as I was getting support for them, I was also educating them. And that was very necessary because this was all very new for everybody. And then I had my support system, which was my social media and my blogger family. For whatever reason in the area that I live in, I couldn't find an in-person support system. I couldn't find a community of other parents that were going through something similar. Now, we were able to find a speech therapist, um, his teacher. Once he started going to school, we were able to connect with those, those professionals. But that's very different from having somebody you can kind of say, hey, right. I'm going through this. But they and actually- what do you think that is? What do you think that is? Like, you, can, you can find providers uh, that, that and, and they care and, I, and provide the services. But why is it that parents, I'll parent to with, parent? Mm-hmm. It's, well, it's very interesting. Um, I'm not sure why it doesn't quite 
exist here or if people just don't feel comfortable talking about it, which I find that is also um, some, some level of difficulty. Some parents are not quite at the stage. Um, again, I don't, I don't want to compare apples to oranges, but right. again, it's, it's like being, you know, a Latina in a community where you feel like, well, if I say I'm Latina, then that, then that's all anyone's going to see me as. Mm -hmm. If I'm loud and proud about it, that's all anyone's going to see me as. And sometimes I feel like as a mom of a child with autism, that if I say, this is my kid, he's autistic. And people are going to be like, oh, that's all he ever is. That's they're all they're going to ever see him as. But mm -hmm. I, I mean, I don't do that. I discuss it freely all day long, just as I do. I'm Latina. And I'm loud and proud. And <laughs> here I am. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> here I am. You mentioned having support from your blogger family and people that don't know. Uh, you did have a blog and I, I think you still have it. It's called yes. Mommy to Mommy. That's M-A-M-I, the number two, Mommy, M-O-M-M-Y. Tell me more about that. I started that about maybe 14 years ago, but it wasn't until 12 years ago that um, the mommy blogger, blogging in general, really just started booming. And I kind of fell into it when I was having my, my first son. I had a PR and marketing and communication background. So I was always looking to do something in that area. The job that I was working at was being closed. I was kind of in a looking for something, but I was, you know, I just had a child. It was very difficult. And I found just like two or three Latina, specifically Latina yeah. mom blogs. And I was just over the moon. I was like, why aren't there more? Like, this is amazing. I really, I want to, I want to take what I had before, which was more of a, in the first two years, it was more of just a journal, it was just me and maybe my sisters <laughs> reading mm -hmm. it and, you know, kind of just journaling. And I said, I want to take that and I want to, I want to do something with it. I just hired somebody to do, you know, a logo and just started learning everything I could about putting together a website. And from there, it just, it just took off. I was just thrilled that I wasn't the only one. And the whole purpose for me was as a, as a Latina, the mommy, M-A-M-I, being able to speak to other moms and say, hey, this is who I am. You know, we are kind of the same, but yet we are kind of different too. So let's just all come together. This is a community. I really wanted to raise Latina voices. That was really my goal. And it's been, it has been 12 years now. You're a bit of a pioneer, Jennifer, because <laughs> you started 12 years ago. It, it was a little bit more challenging to do that, but you found people to connect with. And actually, I feel a little bit of that now with this podcast, but with blogging, you found that community to connect with and you helped build it. Right, right. It was, it was just such an amazing time. I mean... Latinas were coming out of the woodwork. We were in Florida. We were talking to Latinas in Arizona, you know, in Pennsylvania, in yeah. California. I mean, it was just, it was thrilling. It was amazing. And it was my first blogger conference that I went to was in Atlanta and it was blogalicious. And I remember just <laughs> being terrified. I was still coming off of I was still nursing my son. I was just feeling like, oh my gosh, I feel like a mom. <laughs> like I'm just I'm yeah. tired. I'm exhausted. And and I, I went there and I was so moved, so emotional sitting next to these other bloggers. And it was, again, it wasn't catered to Latinas, but there were a lot there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and... 
And when I say a lot, I mean, back then it was probably like 10, 15, maybe. <laughs> but still, <it's, laughs> that was a lot. So, you know, those moments it, where you're connecting and well, finding it, other people like you. Yeah, exactly. It was just, it was this phenomenal thing. Now, fast forward to many, many years later, and I was a part of Hispanicize. I was part of their board. And that was like the most ex- amazing experience. I mean, puro Latinos, right? It was yeah. just... <laughs> I mean, we were talking public relations, marketing, social media, people, corporate, I mean, bloggers, vloggers, everything. I mean, like everything you could possibly imagine. And it was just like, wow, like I went from being this terrified, not knowing still who I was as a Latina to fully embracing and going, oh my gosh, like, this is amazing. Like, like these are my people. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, it, it, and, and be honest again, like, you know, sometimes it is hard when you don't live in the, in an area where there are other Latinos, like you just kind of go, okay, well, where do I fit into all of this? And that you can know? be especially true living in the South. Uh, right. So, and, and it's throughout the U S I know, but I can, I can see that. What would you say about that time and, and how that impacts and informs who you are today? I think I was talking to my son the other day about, he's like, mom, wow. When I was little, like you used to do a lot of different things in the community and it has tapered down a little bit. Well, a lot now. Um, yeah. As things Understandably so. Right. Right. But he said, wow, you, you did this and you did this. And you, he said, you were a pioneer. And I laughed and I said, I'm not, I'm not a pioneer. And he said, mom, he's like, look at, look at the things that you've done. And like, we kind of made a little list. Yeah. And I said, wow. I said, I've had the opportunity to speak on behalf of Latinas, you know, and again, we're not talking all, <laughs> just kind of, you know, trying to represent and and say, hey, this is who I am. You know, I've had bloggers come up to me years later at a conference and say, I mean, crying, crying, saying, you know, you, you were one of the first blogs that I listened to, you were a Latina, and you you were one of the first people to say, I did not grow up as what some other Latinas may have grown up. I was grew up with my language being English first. And that was hard because I also then on the flip side had a difficulty with convincing people that I was Latina. And other Latinos were just kind of like, well, you don't speak Spanish. And and that was that was the other side of it, right? That's the other difficulty. That's uh, similar to my experience. So um, I understand that. And just being able to connect, like your first language is Spanish. My first language is English. But we're still able to connect <laughs> and, 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 and support each other. By the way, I love your son. <laughs> oh, <laughs> did you, did you when, I, when I hear that you describe him as, uh, you know, supporting you and celebrating you and calling you a pioneer. He knows what's up. Oh, <laughs> Both he... of your sons know what's up with the trees and <laughs> calling mommy pioneer. Um, Maybe he was listen to the up. children. Come on, let's listen to these kids. They know. <laughs> well, I, you know what, but that's, that's true. I think a lot of our kids, again, you know, are just more aware of things. They really are. And, um, and it says a lot, I think for how, how the communities that were, you know, building for them. Um, and it's not just these new communities. I mean, like, like I mentioned, you know, with my parents, I mean, 
my parents are, were always hustlers. And I say that in the most endearing way possible, because when I say hustlers, I'm saying like, they can't sit still. It's like, you know what? We have to make a living. We have to do this. Like oh, we have yeah. to take care of our families. Oh, yeah. And there was nothing that was, it was, it was usually out of the box thinking. And that's what I think I really pulled from both of them. I know, I know my sisters did. I know my brother did. I know like we all just kind of were able to take that and just kind of do the things that we needed to do in life and just know that it was going to be okay. You know, because right. sometimes you do have to hustle. <laughs> you just <Yes>. do. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> There's no stopping us. We can do, we can do anything. Uh, the possibilities are endless. That's right. And well, Jennifer, you are a pioneer in the blogging space, and uh, and I agree with your son. With having been the pioneer and helping to build a lot of the things, and you've eased the way for a lot of uh, Latinas, many Latinas th- that are coming after you. And and I know you're not finished yet, by the way, but it understandably so. Uh, there's a pause for you right now, and and I get that. But what would you like to share with our listeners as far as some words of wisdom? I think that it's okay. Like you said, we can take a pause. We can take a break. Give yourselves that opportunity to reflect or that opportunity to just breathe. I think, again, also as a parent, it's really difficult to do that sometimes. We don't allow ourselves that moment. And when I look at the moment, even in this past year, that I've had the opportunity to just breathe for a minute, it has opened my eyes once again to what's in front of me and what I need to refocus on. Again, as a Latina, family has always been everything to me. And it just made me realize again that I needed to focus on my family and I wanted to spend more time with them. And it was okay. It was okay. Oh, I'm breathing. I'm breathing right <laughs> there with you. I took a deep breath. I'm feeling it. And, yeah. and and thank you for saying that, that it's okay Yeah. to pause and breathe. Absolutely. And take a break when you need it. Uh, well, Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your words and 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 being open with us and opening our eyes <laughs> on a <laughs> well, lot of things too. Well, thank you so much for having me. I mean, I know I mentioned this to you before, but I have to say it again. You are doing such a, an amazing and wonderful thing. And st- I'm just trying to catch up on all of these podcasts. You're just like, I keep hearing them and I'm like more inspired. I'm like, wow, there we they're just doing amazing things. And and I want to make sure that we are supporting each other a thousand percent over. Yes. Let's support each other. Thank you for joining us at Latina South. I'd also like to thank some folks that helped make this show happen behind the scenes, like Jennifer Joyner on social media, Cooper Works with logo and graphic design, and Paul Brown on sound support. And thank you, our listener. The best way to support our show is visit our website, latinasouth.com. Support us on Patreon. Subscribe, rate, review, share wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Hasta la próxima. See y'all.